Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcasting needs. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360, and your host on today's episode. Now, today I'm excited to be joined by Phil Dunkelberger, who is the CEO of Knock Knock Labs. Phil is going to be enlightening us on the true value of strong data privacy and positive customer experiences. So, Phil, welcome to the show and thanks for coming on today. Hey, Max, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Very welcome. I'm uh, looking forward to delving into the subject matter. I think it's going to be an interesting area to discuss. But before we get to the questions, can you just give us a bit of background on yourself and maybe Knock Knock Labs? Yeah, happy to. Um, This is a long time in the industry, my 40th year in the industry. Started out back in the day of doing things around user interface, the idea of mice and windows and our interactions with computers through those ideas, through networking and ultimately into data security with PGP. Um, All of that has led me to what Knock Knock Labs introduced a few years ago in the market, which is right at the apex of what we want to talk about today, this tension between customer experience, customer interface, and ultimately the security behind that and what effect it has on people's businesses ultimately when they don't get that right. Yeah, it's it's a big area to kind of cover and there's a lot of different elements to it, but uh, it, it's an important conversation to have and it's an important conversation for organizations to be thinking about. So hopefully our listeners here take a lot away. And I wanted to kick off, um, let's give a bit of background, you know, it's not a shock statement if I say that you know data privacy alone has long been considered important. So what is going on in the data security sphere and that's making it more significant in the enterprise? Well, I think fundamentally all enterprises today are faced with the fact uh, with how do I provide more goods and services to my existing customer base, whether it's inside the firewall or outside. How do I do that with less friction and less really hard things that I've got to discover and overcome, like digital privacy? How do I maintain a customer or an employee's privacy? How do I make sure that their data is stored and and managed correctly? Access controls are in place that people can't abuse that. And then ultimately, if I'm really going to get on digital transformation, how do I take a lot of the very niggly manual things we have people do and make them work in a digital world? And uh, that really goes into place of how do I grow my business ultimately and acquire new customers? And that's the tension between protecting people's data and data security and privacy and ultimately usability and how good is the customer experience with that in mind. Yeah, it, it can be a very difficult tightrope, shall we say, for organizations to walk. And a lot get it right and a lot get it wrong and there's room for improvement on on both sides that, that's for sure and it's it's no secret that the customer experience has a direct impact on that company's success depending how good that cx is so walk me through the true value of that positive customer experience in today's climate especially well i think you've got to measure it different ways than we traditionally think about it i think people usually start and confuse customer experience with customer interface And I'll use an example. The the interface to something like Amazon has really not changed much over the years. The way you log in, the way you order, what's really changed is the experience itself. Uh, Their ability to deliver a lot of common product to you very quickly without you having to get into your car 
go someplace, search for it, et cetera, is with their catalog capability, really, really phenomenal as far as an experience goes. User interface, probably not considered modern at all. And that is the type of confusion that I think people run into. Uh, ostensibly also, you've got the backend systems to worry about. What is Amazon doing with my data, with my credit card data, my personal information, what my buying perspectives are, what I source and look at? Um, how do they bring offers to me that are directly to me that aren't being federated, so to speak, around their networks? All of those things have to come into to play when you're thinking about a system dealing with somebody digitally. Yeah, it's it's so important to have that kind of focus, even from the get-go of, of whatever's being introduced is, is so paramount. So that leads me on to kind of ask, you know, if we take businesses of all sizes, really, you know, from your small to your enterprises, why should they look towards prioritizing both strong security protocols and CX boosting initiatives, especially moving forward? Well, I think part of the tension has always been out there. Can I provide a good user experience throughout the systems process, not just the interface, but beyond that? You know, we now have biometrics entering in. We have different ways of being able to log in. We have the ability to log somebody in on phones, tablets, or laptops, literally without any login at all. I mean, you can do that in the background. And as great as that is, what happens when that system breaks? So I get in faster, but if I get in faster to a user experience beyond the initial login that's bad, am I really just hurrying my customers into a collision of, of things that aren't going to be helpful to them? And I'll give you an example. A lot of the, in the financial services world, banking world, so many banking apps that are trying to get it right struggle because of the fact that they've got so much regulations about how they deal with you know, their financial information and their customers' access to it. Those people really struggle in providing a good user experience, and that's why so many banking initiatives tend to fail You know, from that standpoint. Definitely, definitely. Could you give me maybe some examples of, you know, you've been doing this for a while and, and you see a lot of these kind of issues from, from organizations or from people, I should say, as well. What are some kind of the key pain areas that they're kind of facing? Well, I think some of the key areas for the businesses themselves is just onboarding. We hear it all the time. How do I know it's not a dog at the end of the internet? You know, it says it's Phil Dunkelberger. It says it's Phil Dunkelberger's device. And usually right now, the state of the art in the business is really device level security. Yeah, that's Phil's device. It's in Phil's time zone that he's supposed to be in. It's geolocated where he's supposed to be. The round trip of the data is about what it should take on the network, given network speeds. All of those things are heuristics about me that they've recorded when I log in. When any of those things break, that's where the user experience really begins. It's not just what buttons did I click to log in or my username and password or did I use a biometric? It's what happens really with the rest of the experience. And let's delve into that for a second. I, I had a, a situation recently with I think most of your listeners can deal with is if you've ever had fraud on a credit card and the amount of data breaches going on, a lot of the fraud is around personal identifiable information and usually some of your financial uh, capabilities or entitlements. And when you're buying something online that so many people during the pandemic have had to do, I'm sure people are running into the fraud uh, specter. Is somebody using my data to commit fraud on me, on the bank, on the credit card, on that network of things that I'm trying to do online? 
<clears throat> and it's the remediation of those things that really become customer service issues. So let's say that I'm having trouble logging in today on my website. And the website instructs me, call somebody in a call center. And we've all had the experience of you've already logged into the website with your credentials, and now you're being told to call the call center. And you get on the call center, and maybe you've worked for 20 minutes on a website, and now you're talking to somebody on the phone, and they have no idea through that channel that you've been working for 20 minutes. So you start over again. You reauthenticate yourself. That's a pain. Mother's maiden name, name of your grandfather's dog in 1963, <laughs> all of those things. Yeah. And then after you've gone through that gamut again, now you've got to describe the problem again because all the work on the website is a separate channel. That is a bad user experience because it's now 40 minutes of your time and you still haven't gotten to product or to problem resolution. That's an example today of trying to be too secure and making the usability of your entitlements not what it's focused on. It's focused more on, wow, I was trying to resolve a fraud problem on my credit card and I spent 40 minutes trying to describe the problem to somebody that's supposed to help me. Yeah, definitely. And the dangers of that is obviously it's near impossible to repair that relationship once it's kind of broken with that customer to say, hey, we have changed our system and it is a lot more efficient. Talk to me about some of those kind of long-term damages that from the get-go having a poor CX versus privacy is going to cause for an organization. Well, let's start with the, when you've been breached and your privacy has been breached, and we've all done it, where have you stored your credit cards? So they stored online, they stored in somebody's back end. Do you have um, prepayments done? Do you have uh, payments done for recurring types of charges? It's now on you, the user, to go fix all those. There's no automatic ways to do that easily in most cases. You've got to go in and reinstantiate. In some cases, you might have to show up and, and you know show and give your credentials again that you can use their online system. So breaks in things like fraud or account takeover, these things in the financial world really affect a user trying to not only impact remediation there, they might have to remediate that in a number of other places, especially when a credit card's involved. If you move off of that to people trying to change, there are systems that have had whole groups of people. In many of the data breaches, whole groups of people's data has been stolen because we tend to store credentials together in a database. When those databases get hacked or storage subsystems get hacked, you now have a, a variety of information for whole groups of people. Uh, in the case of one I'm really familiar with, my late father-in-law was a school teacher, and all 190,000 people in their insurance group, data was stolen. That then meant that they all had to go do the work to reinstantiate themselves, but the company themselves lost all of their business. The insurer lost their entire business for being breached. So you've got this kind of a pebble dropping into a calm pond and the ripple effect that goes out from these things. Heavyweight on the user, also very consequential to the provider, and sometimes to the provider's network also. Definitely. Let's ask the big question then, which uh, all of this is kind of pointed to. So how can organizations really enhance their user experience and customer journey without compromising security and regulatory requirements is there a way to achieve some sort of equilibrium or, or is that really a pipe dream? 
Uh, it's, it's a step function. It's not a pipe dream. It can be done today. When we started with what we built, the protocol that became known as Fast Identity Online, that tension between usability, how do we provide strong credentialing, strong authentication on existing backend systems without impacting user experience? In fact, the user experience ideal was, let's get rid of usernames and passwords because I think your listening audience would agree they're really a pain to manage. Mm-hmm. So a simple idea, right, of let's get rid of the password, but let's replace it with something that is stronger, better, and easier to use. And if you look at some of our big B2B2C implementations, which we've got a couple hundred million users out there uh, around the world in various banks and mobile network operators, the kind of feedback is this. One, the user experience, whether it's using a biometric, meaning a touch, selfie, voice, or even a secure pin that is built on top of a secure architecture. Underneath it, it's actually cryptography, public-private key challenges, the strongest thing we know how to provide. But the user never sees that. The business has the ability to overlay this as a veneer on existing systems. There's not a lot of system change to put it in. And it's supported by an industry standard of the W3C that says it's better usability, less costs, less friction, and ultimately far better security. Systems like that are being introduced by the industry today to help solve the problem. And where we've put them, the feedback has been generally excellent. We've had in one case, 27 million users at a fintech company. They've had no attacks because you can't really fish this particular installation. There's no account takeover because you need both access to the devices, the keys, and the service. And password reset is literally swiping your finger again or taking another selfie. You don't have to talk to anybody in the call center. So we've seen the reporting from them of uptime, of lack of attack on people's private information, and ultimately the system itself is far more resilient. We've seen for the IT people involved, we've been able to maintain sub-second response. So the responsiveness of the system to the user is also taken into account. It's a broad system level play but it's something the industry has come to agree on might be a better path forward. Definitely. I think um, it, it's heading in that direction and a lot of the conversations I have around this area, it's it, it's so key to be having that eye on that kind of finish line of, of where it needs to be. And I wanted to kind of wrap up the podcast here by just asking if you have any kind of use case examples of you know great approaches to security CX or, or some things that Knock Knock Labs has been working on. It'd be great to kind of get your insights on that. Yeah, if you look at what we've been able to do uh, in starting out replacing login, and this goes for your listeners that are on the enterprise side, we're finding that a number of these cases, starting with the journey, you've got to identify the stakeholders internally. It's not just your security or compliance teams. It's really not just your, your UI and ultimately your experience and support teams. It gets into operations because operations usually have to make these things work for internal or external customers. It gets into usability testing of the front end, the UI itself, but it ultimately is the full user experience you're trying to digitize. Almost every large installation we're part of is We're the ignition system, so to speak, the front-end design piece. It helps people go on this journey. But the people around the table, in some cases, 13, 15, 20 different groups represented. Because when you think about it, your customer experience is really their business experience of you. 
and all stakeholders in the business at some point have a play in that. So you've got to get the right people in the room. It's got to be a many times a grassroots and top down at the same time because you're going through a large number of changes, no matter what the application suite is you're trying to automate. So your business users have got to start with that context of what they're doing. But ultimately, it's how are we going to measure customer success? And I'll, I'll give you a great measurement that doesn't work. Just because we have a great app, that the users love our app, doesn't mean the experience with the rest of the systems is actually well done. So make sure your systems, how does the customer uh, support team respond? How do automated systems respond to that great application you've put out there in the marketplace? Because those systems in the back end might undo all the good work your, I, your UI team did. These are some of the things we've done. And just to give you an example, if, if you look at some of the public uh, statements from people like customers that we have in the marketplace, like BBVA, largest bank in Southern Europe, largest bank in Latin America, they're actually finding net new types of things they can offer when you remove these friction points in the system as you digitize people. Great security, better usability has led to new types of actually revenue generating products from them for their users. They've acquired more customers, which was their measurement, with better uptime for their users, meaning better time on target. Customers get in and get out quickly, so the usability is very good. And ultimately, their customer support systems have higher marks because people are not having to re-authenticate over and over again when they go in the systems. In other words, in that example I gave you last, it's, hi, Bob, I've seen you've been on the website and you've been trying to do these three things. Let me help you with that. Isn't that a better way for the system to respond to you than, hi, can you give me your mother's maiden name and can we start from scratch again after you've been working for 40 minutes? That's a system level thing that we've been able to do with some of the very large names out there, BBVA, Intuit, and others that have been using us and other systems that we've designed into. It is not a single silver bullet from any one vendor. Please don't let the snake oil that's rampant in this industry tell people that. It's a group of people working together to solve the business and customer problem, whether they're internally or externally, designed, tested, and implemented to meet a variety of markers, not just UI, but the entire experience that the customer is going to go through. Excellent note to end on. I think that's some fantastic advice that a lot of people should be taking forward. So Phil, all I can say is thank you for coming on today's episode and walking us through all of that. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you. I hope that your listeners find this uh, well as they move on to this really important journey. Definitely. There's a lot of key information to take away for sure. And uh, listeners, if you are looking for more information, then please head on over to knockknock.com. They've got some fantastic resources that will be able to help you out with uh, a lot of these issues. We'll be back next week, obviously, with another episode in our EM360 podcast. Until then, you can join the conversation at EM360 Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. Everyone have a great week. And uh, for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.